Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is an opportunity that we have to share our share some responses to some questions actually that we've received regarding the circumstances of people losing their pets. But it's also an opportunity to, to share the kind of content that we have in our book. Uh, the Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups, to share that information with a broader audience. So we're very happy you're with us. And please send us your questions and comments, either during this broadcast or at any other time. And we will be happy to respond to them. And Nancy, are you going to get us started? Yeah. Um, so we have quite a few questions here. Um, so I'll start with the Harlow one. Um, it's been nine months since my Harlow died. I certainly miss her, but I really am starting to think about getting another dog as I'm so lonely. Um, am I betraying her by thinking this way? What would she think? Boy, we, we've heard variations on that so many times, right? And that whole idea of would I be betraying her? I mean, the way that I always think about that is that you loved your animal friend and they loved you and they would want you to be happy. Mm -hmm. And it can be such a testament to their memory to adopt another animal companion into your life. That's right. And, that's and also, you know, we would talk about, you know, um, that animals don't hold any grudges. And yeah. they're not, you know, they're pure and innocent and loving and compassionate. And so they would not be angry or they would not be upset if one decided that you could, you know, bring another beautiful animal into your life. Yeah. So what would she think? I think she'd probably think it's a great idea. That's, right. That would be my guess. But that's the question for the writer too, like that's the question, like you can ask yourself, what would she think? Cause you knew her better than anyone. And you would know your hand or your heart will tell you the answer to that question. That's right. But the other thing about the betrayal is interesting because we have had people, we had a bunch of people that would say all of a sudden they would feel a little better and then they would feel like maybe they wanted to get another animal, but then they really felt guilty because they did think, oh, that I didn't love the one that died enough if yeah. I'm starting to think about getting another one. Yeah, well, even people would feel that they were betraying the memory of their lost pet just because they felt a little better. Exactly. Just because they felt a little better, it would be like, does that mean that I'm, I'm forgetting them or I'm betraying them? And I, I remember many times we would have this conversation about, no, that's the way grief progresses and you can welcome that new feeling into your life you can welcome that good feeling it doesn't it doesn't mean anything negative about the way you felt about your beloved friend and that beloved friend who has died is a, has a special place in your heart right. the Always. new one will be a completely different relationship yeah yeah it, it well it also co comes to this question of when's the right time to get right to adopt another pet because 
that's something that people will struggle with a lot. And it's, it's, a, it's an important question because you don't want to bring another animal companion into your life if it's not going to be something that adds to your life, but instead stresses you. Exactly. And, yeah. and what we would tell people, um, I think I did, I think you did at one point um, with this question is, you'll know when you know. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it kind it of also, Well, the, the, the thing that I always think too is, well, a few things. One is you shouldn't adopt another pet because the grief is unbearable and you feel like this will cut off that pain. Right. That is a really bad idea because you are going to now have a, a lot of new demands, particularly if it's a puppy and not an adult, it's going to be a challenge to bring that new puppy into your life. They are not, it is not going to shut off the, the pain of loss because it's not going to replace your friend, it's going to be a whole new relationship. And so you absolutely need to be very aware of that, that you're probably gonna continue to grieve and then you will also be hopefully developing a nice relationship with your new, your new pet. So there's no way to short circuit your sadness. It, it needs to run its course. Exactly. On the other hand, if you know that and you're completely okay with the fact that you're still going to grieve, but you would really like to have the distraction. <laughs> You'd like to have a new friend in the house. Then you go into it with eyes wide open and that can be a great thing. So it, 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 it varies so much across individuals. Don't you think? Absolutely. No. So you're, you know, it's, it's important for the person to work with their family also. So yep. One of the family, the husband or the wife may want an animal right away. They got the grief, their grief, that grieving process for them was okay or, or easier or shorter. And the next person is saying, no, I'm not ready. So that's, that becomes complicated at times. Um, yes. And then you really have to be careful with each family member about when you get another animal. And the key thing to keep in mind is that you can always wait a little longer. Mm-hmm. There's no harm in that. You can always insert more time before you adopt a new pet. You can also do things that are kind of like an interim. Mm-hmm. You can volunteer at a local shelter. You can foster a pet and see mm-hmm. how that goes. You can do things that are kind of halfway. You can go and walk the dogs. If you're thinking of adopting a dog, you can go and visit with the cats and socialize them. If, if you're thinking of getting, bringing a cat into your home. So those, those are things that you can do that are not as com- committed a step as bringing a new. A new, new um, but it's, it, it's a hard decision for people. Some people do get an animal right away. Some people wait six months, nine months, maybe a year, and yeah. others never do. You know, yeah, so there are some people say, "I can't do this again," <clears throat> and there's no, there's no right or wrong here. It's, right. That's your choice to make because it is a huge responsibility to bring 
any other living being into your into your home and you got to you've got to be ready for that it's a whole lot of responsibility it was really sad we had an older couple i don't know if you remembered um and they had a cat that had died um and you know they came a few times to the group and then they said we're too old we're not going to get another cat and it was just sad for, i mean for me listening to that you know because it gave them such joy but they really made that decision that they they may not live long enough and they you know were going to be cautious with that and not follow through yeah i mean even that can be solved in that some people of of older age will take a pet in but they'll have a plan like mm -hmm. they'll know that they'll have already talked it over with somebody else a sibling a friend a, a child an adult child and they've got a deal that that person will take over when they're no longer able to if that happens and so there are ways to 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 figure that out and mm -hmm. but certainly that's really that's really a painful thing but but it is also the way i think about that is it's a responsible decision yes. in that circumstance exactly. <clears throat> and that's and that's it's always you know it's so important that when you bring an animal into your life that you are fully prepared and committed and able to take responsibility for their care and for throughout their the duration life. yeah throughout the duration of their lives the one thing that i also want to emphasize again is is getting another pet will not take the place of the one that's died yeah that doesn't this, work that way right doesn't work that way. Um, and I've seen we've seen people that they got the same breed and they and they named the, the cat or dog the same name. And we had to caution them, you know, that this isn't that, you know, your beloved cat that died. You know, this yeah. is to be a whole mm. different cat with a whole different personality and a whole different relationship for you. Yep. Yep. So here's another question, and it is that this family had their their dog had a, a situation that needed surgery emergency surgery actually so I brought them to the brought the dog to the vet I left the vet the dog with the vet surgery seemed to be going okay but then the dog died during the evening <clears throat> the vet the vet's office was keeping the dog there for observation mm -hmm. and the dog died during the evening and this this family is very, very upset, was very upset because they couldn't be there. They weren't mm -hmm. there. They couldn't hold their pet. The pet died alone. And I imagine that this happens quite a bit. So yeah, very, very distressing. And well, what are your thoughts? On, on that well, they, you know, they feel they feel terribly guilty that they weren't there now. Unfortunately, the circumstances were that they probably could not stay overnight with the, with the animal in an yeah. ICU, right? That wouldn't happen. Yeah, it was. Consequences, so of that, even with any surgery, could potentially be, you know, uh, you know, a death. I mean, it's possible, um, depending also on the illness and the and the and the trauma or the surgery and, and what the what the animal was was suffering from. Um, and that happened to me actually with my first pug, um, and she developed pancreatitis 
Um, she had gotten into the garbage and um, had eaten a lot of chicken fat. Um, and she became very ill. Um, so we had her at our vet, and, and the vet said, we are not open during the weekend. She needs care, you know. So we went to, um, at the time, this was years ago, um, and ER specialty vet, um, where they could take care of her, uh, but it was 45 minutes away. And so we were home waiting, you know, to see what would happen. And we got a call around 10, 10 o'clock and they were saying she wasn't really doing well. Um, and about 20 minutes later, they called and said she had died. Now, I'm wondering if she really had died already. Now, yeah. now know, you know, what we know all the, you know, for years of doing this. Um, yeah. And they wanted to prepare us to some degree. But yeah. of course, I feel horrible. You know, she died alone yeah. in, in an ICU, you know. Um, I think I, I don't dwell on that, obviously. It's been, I mean, she died in 1989. So, but I, talking about it, you know, we're, I'm still, talking about yeah. it. You know, it's still, yeah, yeah. Well, it's I, still I, painful for me in that circumstance. Well, it, it also reminds me of what so many people are going through during the pandemic, oh, their loved ones are yeah. alone, dying alone. Maybe yeah. they're able to talk to them for a bit on some kind of technology platform, but mm -hmm. it's got to be very, very, very painful, I would think. And and I, I think that it, it comes down to this whole idea that there are so many things that we just don't have control over. Right. And I mean, we don't have, certainly don't have control over death. We don't have control over illness. And we, very often don't have control over the circumstances of death. Right. And it's just part of the loss. It, and and I, I imagine that it's the kind of thing that a person will need to think about and talk about and and do whatever they do that helps them to, to get to a place where that news becomes older news that no longer has so much, so much of pain connected to it. And, Eventually they'll get there, but this is another, just another piece of that particular story of loss. Well, it's, you know, guilt is the hardest, you know, um, yeah, to deal with. Very, very hard. and, you know, you know, of course you and I can't take anyone's guilt away. Um, but, you know, in talking to group members who would bring that forward about how the guilt every week and how that was, that hopefully they can forgive themselves at some point in time, because again, it was, it was a, it was a circumstance that happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so let's go to another story. I lost my dog, <clears throat> excuse me, two months ago, but I still feel sad and also very, very angry. I'm not sure why I feel so much anger. How do you handle this kind of anger? My husband can't believe that I feel this strongly. Anger is one of those uh, emotions that become can become prevalent during grieving. Um, some people don't have as much anger as this woman does, you know, yeah. but they yeah. but she really is angry. Now that would have to be a discussion as to 
why she's why that anger is coming up for her. I mean, she may be blaming, you know, sometimes people blame God. Sometimes mm -hmm. people blame the veterinarian. Sometimes people blame themselves. Sometimes people blame, I, you know, I went on vacation and I should not have gone and I'm really pissed off at myself or my, or my husband talked me into the vacation. You know, there are so many uh, factors that go into some pretty intense anger. Um, and that's another, another emotion that really uh, needs to be worked through a little bit. So she's holding on this particular case, she's holding on to something, I think a little bit, um, which is causing her this anger. And maybe it is towards herself. I mean, that guilt can cause anger, right? I didn't do, I didn't see this. Go. I didn't go to the vet. I didn't when I was supposed to. I should have noticed this. I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think very much along the same lines as you're talking. I think that anger is often the surface feeling for many other feelings: mm -hmm. sadness, frustration, guilt, yeah, guilt. All kind of embarrassment. I mean, all kinds of all kinds of different. Feelings and and one of the things that I I think when I see this is she if if she can write it out or speak it out, you know, like record what she's thinking, mm -hmm. then maybe it can help because the more you write about something or the more you get it out of yourself, the, the more first of all the more likely you are to de-intensify it to lessen exactly. it. And secondly, you can examine it more because when you write it, I'm so angry about, I'm so angry because, I'm so angry at, you know, you can write all those things down and then look at it and you get a little distance from it and you might be able to see it all a little differently. And, and that, I think that's important in, in therapeutic work of any kind, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, to actually write it down, to get it out of you where it ruminates to put yeah. it in a paper where you can see it. And then it, it, it creates you to look at it a little bit differently. Um, and yes, writing it down, you know, you're angry at something. What are you angry about? Which ultimately I agree has, has other feelings behind it. Yeah. Um, that are, are difficult feelings. I mean, anger, fear, sadness, these are the feelings that we have a hard time with. And, and I also feel like it's important, and they're probably doing this, and I said her, but we're not sure if it's a her. It could be a man or a woman, but the person's husband shouldn't be the target. Of course. Of the like nobody should be the target no. of the anger. That's another, like whatever you're feeling, it's important that you realize that you still have to be civil and respectful to other people all the time. Unless yeah, so, she's angry at him, but hmm. doesn't want to tell him that she's angry yeah. at him, except to act it out. So, but that's important that she is able to talk to him about that, or at least acknowledge where she she's really angry. Yeah. And it says my husband can't believe that I feel this strongly. Well, you know, he's got to accept that she feels whatever she feels. Exactly. Or he, or he feels whatever he feels. Like you've got to be, it's not your place to make judgments about another peop, another person's emotions. It, they just are. They're not up for just, judgment. Yes. Mm. 
There's but, no he, change. but he may just be worried about his partner. He may just be worried about her. It's impossible to tell from this or, or worried about him. So there's a little more exploration that has to be, you know, worked with this uh, mm -hmm. this case and this woman to see where that anger is coming, where what's behind it. Yep. And, but anger is a legitimate, you know, emotion and grieving. All feelings, yeah, all feelings are welcome. They just are what they are, right? Do you want to? Do you want to go to another question? Yeah. Um... I had, okay, I had to go back to work fairly soon after my beloved cat died, and I'm heartbroken. Um, I didn't say too much to the people I work with because I'm afraid that they won't be supportive. However, they keep asking me what's wrong. Should I tell them what happened? And these are questions we got all the time. All the time. Well, yeah, I mean, the way that I look at that is, you probably know whether it's safe or not to just tell the whole story. It, it can be something that in some harsh workplaces would be seen as unacceptable or in some way you would be stigmatized. But perhaps you can say, I lost a dear friend. Yes. Good if point. you can't say if it wouldn't be safe to say I lost my cat. And that would still be true, but it's very sad actually that on top of the loss itself, many people face this kind of, of stigma. And that may be surprising to some who hear it because many workplaces now are very animal friendly. But there are still people who are not there in that they, way. They're not supportive. Um, and, or they, of course, we've talked about this before, grieving it does not done particularly well in the United States anyway. Um, I don't believe. I mean, certain, certain cultures might be better than other certain religions. But we're supposed to just pick ourselves up and, and go back to work. I actually had someone that I saw in, in law enforcement, and she actually was so bereaved that she took some medical leave. And she decided she was not going to say a word when she went back. And, yep. nobody, and nobody asked her. So yeah. she went back to work, and no one asked her. And, and that was Boy. what it was. But she decided, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it. Um, that's maybe that was because of what she did for a living, but, um, but it, it, and when you're that bereaved and you, and you really have to go back to work, you're very vulnerable. And so it would be hard to talk about that. There may be some emotional, you know, you know, experience. And then, then people would, well, what's wrong? What's going on with you? And of course, you know, you wouldn't want to talk about that necessarily. Well, well also in the, in the workplace, it's really okay to say, I'd rather not talk about it. Exactly. You can say that. You can say that. And mm -hmm. people are, need to give you your space if you need that. Mm -hmm. And if they shouldn't be prying. And you can set that limit if you'd like to. You can get your support and you can work through whatever you're feeling apart from the workplace as many people do. Mm -hmm. Or like you said, if, if it's really, um, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of attention is being given to you, 
you could say I lost a good friend. Yeah. You know, a good friend of mine died. And that's it. Yep. So at least people know, but it's not it's not going out there and being vulnerable to say, I lost my cat, my beloved cat. Yeah, I mean, the, the, one of the things that I often will tell people in the workplace is you should never, you should never appear to be prey in the presence of predators. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so, if you think that you think that the people around you are predators, you do you say nothing that makes you appear vulnerable. Right. It's very sad, but it's it's an important thing to keep in mind. You can get help other places. Absolutely. You can get help other places. Online help, uh, friends that understand, family that understand, groups that you can go to. There's other ways to do that. And it's hard because, you know, know, your work is uh, contingent on how you feel. And if you're really sad and grieving, that's kind of hard to do. Um, And then there's that anxiety, you know. But um, that's why you need to get that support with the, the good support outside of work if you can't if you can't do the work so here's i think we have time for one more question <clears throat> and it is or it is i can't tolerate coming back to the house after work he was always in the window waiting for me it just tears tears me up when i walk in the house i'm lonely it's empty is there anything i can do so what are you what are your thoughts on that? Um change your routine. Okay. Yep. You know, um way in the beginning we had a veterinarian that came to our group and he uh had had lost his dog and he felt really guilty about that because he was a veterinarian. <laughs> and so I think the dog had had some kind of preparation somewhere in the time. So he, he was really very insightful and, and thoughtful about this, about grieving. And he said, because it was just him and the dog, and the dog went with him all the time, um, wherever he went to, you know, in his job, um, he came home at a different time. He came in a different door. Mm. Um, he slept in a different room. Um, he changed what he did in his routine in the morning and, you know, it helped him manage, you know, taking care of himself in a different way so that it wasn't so bereft for him every, every minute that, that he was home. Um, and we've had a couple, we had a couple that, that they slept actually in the living room for a month or two, you know, because, wow. because the animal has slept in bed with them. So, yeah, yeah. So, would, a changing routine, I think, is helpful. Okay. I wondered even if the person might, you know, do some kind of ritual, oh. like put put their urn if they if they had them cremated in the window, or put their picture in the window. I mean, or put something else. Maybe put a plant in the window and do a ritual where you talk about everything that your friend meant to you and how you're memorializing them by this being there instead of them waiting for you. I mean, something that in some way captures the feeling of their presence. Exactly. That's very good. Good point. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing that 
that came to mind for me too is it's okay if that's the case. If that keeps happening, you know, for a while, maybe it will get less over time. And just to say to yourself that that's the way it is for the moment. So there's a lot of different ways people might deal with this and to just say, of course, I'm going to feel this pain when I come into the house Yes, and, and allow for it, perhaps. I think that also has to do with getting uh, their bowls, toys, yeah. uh, harnesses, pictures, you know, um, some people put them away uh, right after the death and some people actually bring out more. I mean, that yeah. just, it, some people leave the, the bowl. I still have Hank's bowl after a year and a half. I just have the bowl out. I mean, mm-hmm. that's okay. You know, yeah. it's got bananas in it for them. So, so, but you know, I thought that that was good. I didn't want to get rid of Hank's bowl. So. Yeah, I mean, we do all kind, all kinds of rituals of remembrance that are just part of the healing mm-hmm. and part of the memorializing. And there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. But it, I think that that sometimes, as you said, just kind of being creative and thinking, well, maybe I should do it differently mm-hmm. right now. And that's and, fun. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we should stop there yep. for this evening. As always, Nancy, it's great talking with you. Always. And, and, uh, and we, again, will encourage people to send us their questions and comments, their stories, and we will look forward to talking with each other and hopefully some others will gain from it next week. Yep, next week. Take care, everyone.